What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. It's your host here, Monster DeFace, and we are back. This should be, and if I'm guessing correctly, episode 153. At this point, I've long lost the ability to count these episodes. We are so deep in it, many, many years in the making. Um, thank you all for our listeners that have been keeping up with us, sticking with us. Hope y'all have enjoyed the uh, the whole new rotation we got on. At this point, Somebody's Gun is literally a co-host of the podcast, too. He's been here multiple weeks after multiple weeks. Uh, and, and so has Panda. Of course, Panda's been on with uh, with us the longest, too. So, uh, yeah, thanks, guys, for for tuning in. And I really just wanted to say shout-out to y'all. Uh, we just continue to break milestones with the downloads and as we continue to grow. So, uh, word. Let's uh let's give the floor to Panda Dope. Panda, my boy. What's up, brother? Hey, man. Listen, another week, another episode. We've been consistent. We're living up to that 2022 promise, man. Like, it feels good. It feels good for sure, especially with some of the stuff we have to talk about today. I mean, we're set up for success. This podcast is going to be a banger. SMG? Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, we, we have some awesome stuff to talk about. And, hey, thank you for, I guess, the official official way of welcoming me you know we've kind of been hanging out but i appreciate that yeah i mean listen i figured like I just, it just kind of dinged in my head i'm like dang dude smg like i don't think he's missed the episode in at least six or so and if you really think about it bro we're we're going into month four so we've been we've like kind of consistent this year like you said we really have been yeah. um very much sticking with it and that made me think about it. Like, well, if that's about six weeks, that's at least a month and a half. That's a good portion of the year already. Uh, so we're getting deep into it. Time's flying. Episodes are flying as well off the shelf. Uh, yeah, let's get into it, man. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Of course, it's going to be all Fortnite topics. Um, let's begin, I would say, with the biggest headline that no one in the scene saw coming besides talent like SMG and Panda, who behind the scenes were working on this with Epic. But Epic es essentially announced their media day. Let's um let's take it from the top here, Panda. Break down what is Media Day and what's potentially significant about this as opposed to some of the other film days that we've maybe seen in the scene. Absolutely. So for those that don't know, Epic uh, announced recently through the players and through us talent members that there will be a Media Day ahead of this FNCS. And it's not just going to be a typical Media Day because we have done a Media Day in the past, but it is going to be an in-person Media Day split amongst two areas so number one being this well i don't want to say when because there's no official dates out there but Ooh, media day is happening but uh the first one's going to be happening soon in raleigh north carolina and then the next one after that is going to be in copenhagen and it's going to be uh the uk but the cool thing about this is it's not just talent members that are going to be in person they are flying out pro players from from major regions uh, that we normally cover on the broadcast to these areas to do in-person interviews, activities, and more. So, so much is coming down the pipeline. Obviously, SBG and I can't say too much right now, but you're definitely going to want to tune in this FNCS to break down all the stuff we cover in Media Day. And you already know some of this stuff will probably be on social media and other places. So you definitely got to check in because it's going to be a really exciting weekend. I know for us, it's huge, but the impact of it is even bigger. This is officially the first in-person event that Epic has hosted since COVID. Yeah, and, and, it's small, and, but it's still it's something. That's what I really wanted to touch on. This is almost I feel like feeling out the the environment, right? It's like a bit of a temperature check. How how can we 
you know, start facilitating in-person activations, bringing people together, doing it safely. What is that, or how does that resonate with the community? Um, so far, I'd say relatively positive response from the scene. Players excited, enthusiastic about tweeting and, and sharing this. Um, remember, Epic doesn't pay for you to just share this. You share it because you want to, right? And pros, now that they are able to, they're proudly announcing, like, dude, I'll see you in Raleigh. I'll see you in, you know, Copenhagen, I think, was uh, was one of the one of the players. Or, yeah. Um, yeah. Reese Hub, at least I saw on his. So, um, you know, they're kind of already giving out some designated areas. Yeah, one of the coolest things about this is, you know, it's been an online community for the majority of Fortnite. It's been almost three years since we've had one of these in-person events. And then to have whether it be just a media day or hopefully there's something bigger down the line, you love to see the community coming together, get a chance to meet one another and like actually build those connections. Cause it's a lot harder to do virtually. Um, and then you also love to see Epic investing in their players. Like this media day is about them, but all the media is going to be surrounding the players and hyping them up, which is awesome. Yeah. And to add to this, right. So uh, obviously this is not official, right? But Calc tweeted something that is kind of interesting. And I'm actually going to pull it up now. But it, it's it's along the lines of that this is a start in the right direction, right? That that we could potentially see us going back in that direction of doing more in-person events. And a lot of people got on him. I was kind of surprised by the response, to say the least. Uh, a lot of people were not uh, believing what he was saying. But realistically... Um, he said this, he said, if you're actively competing in Fortnite right now, now's your time and you should be grinding harder than ever. The writing is on the wall that lands are coming back and they're using these media days as test events. And if you guys want to be good when they come then start grinding now. So obviously we don't know anything about land events, etc., stuff like that, but it's a good point. And the community should probably listen to that. Like I can only imagine that this is kind of that first step back into in-person stuff. Whether we have something like that this year is to be determined, but but still, this is a great first step in the right direction. Yeah, one of the one of the bigger pros I saw kind of lashing back was Vino. He said, "I've told your uh, bro already, this it's not happening, and you don't listen." So there, there are definitely <laughs> top tier pros that like like genuinely deep down inside feel, nah, there's there's no way this has anything to do with you know it doesn't correlate. But I mean, listen, common sense I think can clearly tell you those guys are wrong. This definitely matters these are absolutely um i would say foundation steps towards working to getting to in person and 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 reactivating lens like no doubt about it and i love that you brought up calc's tweet because i also had it on the side as one of the few pros who you know is is bright enough to see what's happening and call attention to it and he did it in a positive way which calc doesn't normally do very often but it seems like no matter what he says whether he's right or wrong positive or not his community is just toxic towards them and they just feel the need to express <laughs> that he brings out the negative out of anyone i guess uh at least for the people that follow him so this is one of those uh situations you go through his kind of his comment section and yeah there's plenty of people bashing him call him dumb he says something else which is really cool and he he, he just kind of goes in i guess continues with the thread just talking about why else would they be investing you know half a million dollars just to meet people in person yada yada he threw out some some pretty big numbers and other people were kind of commenting like, well, what makes you think it's, it costs 500,000 to get all these players? Um, 
I and I, I took very much an interest to that because I was trying to add up the numbers. Like, all right, what what could it really possibly cost? Like, okay, for each member or player they fly out, you know, that's that's a couple thousand right there, and and per person and hotel and flight fees, that can easily add up to like you know well over a hundred, two hundred thousand a day when you look at all the regions, when you look at the broadcast crew, all the equipment, um, paying for people's time, like. So I don't think Calg was actually far from wrong as far as how much really goes into this when you think of the scale, like East, West, EU, who knows what other regions are actually having players fly in, Brazil, et cetera. But kind of just wanted to add to, the, to that, that it just shows you how disconnected some of the players are in the scene that they don't really understand how big of an investment this is. Um, it really is, and Calg was able to kind of see that immediately. And and that kind of was one of his his bullet points, I, I guess, to defending his point of, hey, this is very much an investment in this. Yeah, and Epic could just easily do the online media days like they've done in the past. If they didn't see any value in doing this or there wasn't a, a purpose in the future. And that's what Calc was able to gather from. I think that's what we're gathering from it, which is unbelievable because you know, maybe Fortnite 2023 World Cup, that'd be kind of awesome. Possible. Um who knows? I think so. Or... At this point, I think so, dude. I think things are moving pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, and they they gave it to us just a little bit at the end of the last FNCS, the, or chapter close, I should say, when they kind of... I, I loved that they did the hype hour, and we yeah. were able to talk about everything. Um, that was, like, one of the coolest things. But they said it then, like, four months ago, basically, five months ago. We are keeping an eye on it. We would have been had a World Cup, basically, but... You know, the world changed and we're, we're waiting, but we want it too, is really what I felt as far as the messaging. So um, how big, this is so off topic, but how big do you think the World Cup is going to be? The next one? Because I, like oh, I feel like there are so many people that feel like, man, I missed it. I can't believe it. I won't miss the next one. So there, I think there's two sides of this, right? It's about how, number one, how they handle it. Uh, but number two, remember, New York was, was like very busy. But the stands themselves weren't packed. So it was like two, it, it maybe wasn't the best venue for it, right? Uh, however. So it, one, one second. So you yeah. don't think New York was a good location to choose for an event? See, I think it was a, it was a decent location. Um, I just think where they put it in the tennis stadium that they use wasn't like, it wasn't ideal for what ultimately would make an incredible esports event. Now, Obviously, you have to keep in mind, it's a BR. There's a lot more people that they have to stage, which is why they looked at something like that. But I definitely think there's other options in the future as far as venues go and, and, and places too, because we have to keep in mind, like EU is obviously the biggest player base uh, competitively that we have, right? So if you're going to host another one, you're going to look at those numbers and say, hey, how do I get the, the majority of those EU people into one venue to watch this event? Yeah, that's a good point. And I also feel like we have a much stronger community now than we did back then. We've had True. multiple years of community building, whereas 2019, for a lot of people, World Cup was like the first competitive event that put them on the map. Now we're three years later. People have been playing this game. I mean, we still see hundreds of thousands of people compete in FNCS and Cash Cups on a regular basis. So all that just leads me to believe that 
they could probably do it in that same venue and pack it this time because there is now that fandom where as before it wasn't necessarily built yet and it was mostly just the hype off the the numbers and the money whereas now it like obviously you gotta have a prize pool but i I think people will get, get a static regardless of what the prize pool is and just to quickly add to that like it was not that it wasn't busy right because they had a bunch of activities outside of the actual stadium that were super fun to be involved in and there were tons of people out there and they stayed pretty consistent out there if that makes sense like you could watch it from multiple places on the property so i think at that point, the player base that was there was more casual than it was truly competitive. And it was the first Fortnite event that you could eat like more, I guess, easily access at that point in time. So now it's going to be more competitive focused. So it really boils down to how many competitive people you can put in the same room. Yeah. If you remember the World Cup outside of the venue, it was basically a mini amusement park. Uh, it was very much all the lore of the game and it, it was just super cool. Um, and like you mentioned, while the biggest games were happening like literally the the premier solos and duos events yes there are people outside standing in line to ride simple rides essentially at this mini kind of extravaganza that was going on so if you did what you said like you said panda if you if you had all those people in the seats yes this would be a very much probably 2x as many people inside the venue as there was out there there's like a mixture of both um uh i i think i think you're right i think maybe having it or staging the world cup in america probably wouldn't be the best decision um i think of it from a different perspective though not necessarily that oh the bigger player population in eu so higher chances is going to fill out i think it's actually just easier to travel like if you're an australia fan if you're a middle eastern fan or if you're an american fan getting to eu is easier to me it seems like the happy medium um for everyone it's not that hard to get from the americas to eu and it's it's really not that hard from Australia either. It's half the time as well, as opposed to a full 22-hour cycle or whatever it takes to fly to uh, to America. So I think Europe would be the ideal landing position because it's in the middle. And, and that's where I'm going with this. Uh, but we'll see. And I, I genuinely think, like I said, we're just kind of just hinting at it. This World Cup is going to be bananas. And I hope it's not just a week. And I hope it's a week long. I hope they do like... I don't care what what your work schedule is. Use all your vacation days. I want this to last um, for a long time because I want to really enjoy the moment, and I can't wait for that moment to come. So it's a definitely off-topic one, but it's one that gets me excited. <laughs> Had to throw the hot question at the boys because um, this is what this is the kind of, I guess, conversation that's starting to spark up in my mind when I think about Epic investing in media days. So. Big, big headliners coming out of Epic right now. Media days are happening. Can't wait to see what type of content is produced from that. If you guys think back to Stories of the Battle Bus, by far the best videos we've seen on our pro players, and we don't have enough of it. I went as far as at the start of this year looking to outline the cost of doing like a practice server version of, hey, what would it cost for us to do these documentaries? It was for me, and this is like looking at a low budget, anywhere from eight to $10,000 to... You get the film crew, get the equipment, um, fly people out, and then that wasn't even including the time it would take to schedule these things. So we're talking very expensive if anyone wants to take it up. And uh, that's why we didn't necessarily jump into it. There's too much going on to really commit to that. But it's something that, to this day, we still weigh as something we want to do um, because it, we need more of it. So, uh, But looking beyond that... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, before we wrap that up. That. Go ahead. Uh, I mean... 
look, I don't want to give too much about my plan for the year, but there's going to be some of that style content coming. And I I specifically bought the equipment for it mm-hmm. that I plan on traveling and going places to film these one-off videos. Uh, so, so, hey, so listen, listen, you're a pro player. Hit and, me up. And also, Panda, you feel free to reach out to us. We'll probably help sponsor and work alongside your content just from a business that would be awesome. uh, perspective. So. Uh, yes, yeah, something we as practice server and my personal endeavor, uh, I want to be a part of. I want to enable for the scene. And that that's the area that I was like, literally, I have people ready on standby, essentially a launch. Um, but, you know, to me, it's about like, okay, how can we like get people involved and yeah, like not necessarily commit $70,000 this year to that. And then like what comes <laughs> around, right? So it, it's crazy. But yeah, man, it, it's cool stuff. Um, let's jump on to these, these next topics though here. We got Twitch Rivals Zero build underway. Creator Series has uh, essentially kicked off, I would say successfully. The players have been loving it. Um, professional, I think, uh, or sorry, the professional players have definitely been enjoying themselves. The community has been loving it even more, I would say. Uh, the Twitch Rivals chat has been nothing but positive. Honestly, the responses have been pretty great, aside from the memers that don't see Fortnite as a competitive game. Uh, that'll never... <laughs> I don't think that'll ever change. Um, yeah. This this last recent Twitch Rivals P-Gods unfortunately did hit a little bit of a snag, though. We had custom server crash, and I was in the caster seat for that, and I was upset. I'm not going to lie. It, because we were in the last game of the tournament, First and second place were alive. First place dies. Second place has the fighter's chance to close out the story for the victory. And the damn server crashed with 30 players alive. And that caused an hour delay. So server stability right now, uh, all-time question mark, which is one of my biggest fears usually at the start of any season is, well, a lot of issues come with the game and we don't have enough time to test it. And this time around, I felt like we kind of, saw the results of not having that window to kind of test things before events go live. Uh, I feel like this, this should honestly make more of a priority for Epic to prioritize server health, custom lobbies, all that kind of stuff, because our functionality hasn't changed in years. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think the, the main difference is for the competitive lobbies, they seem not to have that same custom server issue. Because if you watch a custom game, like just a regular custom lobby versus any even round two cash cups, the performance of the game looks pretty significantly different. Um, And I was even watching Acorn stream while that happened. And he just commented on this, like grand finals feels nothing like what I'm playing in here. And this is even more stacked. So it's, you know, finding a way to prioritize those custom servers when you're having an event like this, because obviously Fortnite and Twitch Rivals has put a lot of effort into this event happening. So you don't want this to happen. You know, maybe maybe throw them some server priority or something like that to enable them to have a, a slightly better event. And to add to that, from a player perspective, I was alive in that game, had the whole team up, ready to go. We had really nice high ground positioning. We literally got two knocks onto a team in the distance, and all of a sudden, like, and, and it was only 30 players remaining, right? And there were very, like, like again, like Monster mentioned, a lot of the top teams were out. There was It was a huge game to be had for every team that was still involved. Even, like, Chap's team was healing off in the storm. That's totally different. But um, it, it, was, it was definitely in the moment disappointing 
But I will say this: shout out to Twitch Rivals for handling and like handling that appropriately. Even though there was a pretty massive delay, they did the right competitive thing to do. Like they had some competitive integrity in the way that they handled that final game. They allowed the thirty that were still alive to queue back in. If your teammate was down, your teammate stays down. Like they did, they did really well in in allowing that to be the case. Like with a situation like that, because I mean, realistically, if that were FNCS, right? it probably wouldn't have resulted in the same way. There's no way for, for them to be able to control lobbies in that manner. So it would be very, very different. So for shout out to Twitch Rivals for handling that pretty well. Yeah, I mean, the when it comes down to competitive integrity, salvaging the moment, they surely did the right thing. Uh, I mean, I was there. It, it kind of opened our eyes just from um, a tournament operator's perspective, right? Because then shortly after, uh, you know, like you said, there was a big delay cause because they didn't have a decision. They had to come up with this decision, vote internally, etc. Uh, but it just kind of showed me from a tournament organized perspective, you got to be ready for these moments, especially in Fortnite, especially in these kind of situations. And what we did, because, you know, like just, just this weekend, we, um, you know, did the event for EFUSE essentially, and we produced their show. Those are the questions that I just had ready. Like, hey, well, listen, in the event that this goes down, we need to come collectively to decisions now. And we did that almost as like some preemptive measures. So, you know, we learn from these kind of situations and you improve. So it, it sucks that someone had to take the bullet essentially, but it did, you know, progress the scene in, in a sort, right? For production and tournament admins alike. So always, always something to learn from there. And one more thing before we move on is Buga and Miro are just winning everything. They, they oh won gosh. this tournament. Yep. They, they just won last FNCS. These guys are literally unstoppable. And I think the only thing that's going to stop them is themselves not wanting to actually play the game because it's got to be boring. Like, if you're that good and no one is getting in your way for basically four or five months in a row, you are just simply ruining everything and dominating the game. It, it does seem like they're almost bored with it at this point. And to add to that, that's what happened to Arkham Rex and Epic Whale last season. They were so contempt in winning back to back to back that the last season of the year was the, the season they played the least of leading up to FNCS. And naturally, they lost. They came in second, uh, but they lost. Yeah. So it's, it, it, it's a definitely not the mindset you want to get into. If you're Miro and Booga, you want to try to stay on top, right? Obviously... Not only is the prize pool great, but the notoriety and that legendary run is important to to maintain as much as possible. So hopefully they get out of that mindset soon. And we see it in players like Benji Fishy playing Valorant while live on stream. It's, it's nothing against, you know, doing different things, playing different things. But, you know, ultimately when you are a professional player, your top priority needs to continue to be to improve, 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 especially with the meta advancing this season right new mechanics being introduced to the game tons of new tips tricks and things you got to start preparing for essentially right as the as the game and the skill gap the ceiling continues to raise uh shout out this out before but reese hub did drop an excellent video surrounding the topic of genetics in fortnite give that a listen guys if you guys haven't already uh, just super cool video just kind of emphasizes on practice versus natural skill um, ultimately, in the end, you have to practice, regardless of how uh, talented you are, uh, just off of your chromosomes and whatnot. So, it's something to think about, and, and definitely check that video out. Um, talking about Efuse, though, the Wolt event was a huge success. In the end, Elixa, Vanessa, and Nata end up coming out on top, winning the whole thing. 
Uh, Vanessa, also known as Fading Past on social media, I think she's going to go through a, a rebrand soon because people <laughs> people just call her Vanessa at this point. And shout out to Vanessa, by the way. I don't know if you guys knew this, but she's our like social media manager at Movement Digital. Yeah. Uh, we you know hired her earlier in the year, and it just so happens like not only is she great as a content creator and stuff, she's freaking amazing at Fortnite. I didn't know that at all. Uh, so to see her like just winning right now and stuff, and us to have this weird relationship. It, before all that i was just like holy crap who is this girl and like why is she so good like what's happening so really really cool stuff for them yeah for sure uh the the event as a whole uh looked really well done Uh, i think um it was definitely a fun event i know last week we talked about the maddie and somerset perspective uh as an update neither of them played uh to my knowledge so uh again that the the two that were most outspoken about making it a more competitive event just didn't compete in it. However, um, the event itself as a whole, still an incredible, incredibly entertaining event to watch. Um, I enjoyed tuning in here and there. Uh, and then obviously a big shout out to Elixir, Vanessa and Nata because they, they earned that top spot. Yeah. Not only and that, the- uh, Elixir has her Twitch rivals event coming up. Literally. Is it tomorrow? Probably. Yes. Yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow, tomorrow, her official Twitch rivals event kicks off. Um, Elix has been knocking down wins like in these third party tournaments and performing very, very well. Um, almost, yeah, it scares me to see like if she continues to translate that into arena competitive because, yeah, these female gamers are they've been playing a lot. Somerset, Elixa, Maddie. And I mean, when they play in their respective kind of, you know, these women's only tournaments, they are clearly up at the top. And like we talked about, professional players not playing as much. Uh, getting complacent um it would not surprise me if they start to creep up into those fncs final spots i mean kind of like oliver og did content creator played 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 outplayed everyone out you know worked everyone and he made it to fncs you know what i mean like that that's what i'm seeing happening here um complacency but like new players or players that have been just playing and, and enjoying and working hard starting to pop off and show up yeah, it's that hunger. It pushes you. And when you lose that flame, you you get complacent. You don't continue to compete as hard as you did. And someone is always going to be that person pushing. Regardless, there's way too many people that play this game. It'll be interesting. Somerset's consistently been placing better. And I, I see her right now as probably the best competitive female player. And I would love to see her compete at the highest level, you know, round four of a qualifier, make semis, maybe even push for that final spot. That'd be awesome because we haven't seen anything like that in, I, I can't even remember. So having that that change or that different push, one would be awesome for her, but also would inspire other girls that are like, oh, I can do this. And that is what I want to see for like the greater good of the community. I think we've all seen the difference between like, Pro player being really good, then earning their respect and teaming up with like top tiers. We haven't seen any of the females that are really good at the game like team up with a top tier because that's a difference maker right there. I know people be thinking like, oh yeah, you know, Miro's gonna carry you, etc. But no, it's, there's just a honestly different level of gameplay uh, at the best of the best. And to me, like that's like when Iamzo finally earned the respect and kind of broke into those top tier player you know, uh, communities, right? It's almost like that inner circle. If you get into those inner circles, you improve at levels that are beyond the regular gamer. And 
it, it's just so different. It shows in the results. I mean, we can name a ton of different players. Cam is a great example now pay, uh, playing with Bucky, and people are starting to just recognize his, his, his skill, right? Like, you just see it like, holy crap, up-and-comer. Like, you know, top-tier, tier one gives him a chance, and now you get to see that play off. High-level experience with just incredible mechanical skill and, like, raw um, potential at work. So um, I, that's something else I want to see from some of our some of our gamers in this space that deserve it. Like, maybe, maybe that's just the difference maker, right? Uh, pairing them up with the right team, right player, and we, we could just see something, like, incredible happen that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing right now is is these tier one pros that have been in the scene, they have the experience. I think they're going to start looking more for those tier two, tier three pros that are really good but have never had the team to to elevate them or the experience in those high-pressure situations to bring them to the top. And, and we're going to see more situations like that, similar to Bucky. I mean, Bucky's performance there with Cam last season was was exciting, right? It was not something we had seen from Bucky in quite some time. And I remember day one, they were looking really, really solid. So if they can maintain that same energy going into this season, great for them. But also other pros, tier one pros, when you're looking for a teammate, don't hesitate to, in your opinion, reach down to a tier two, tier three pro because odds are they're probably really, really good for a lot of reasons. So give them that opportunity, and we could see more coming from it. And there's some people that just have an eye for talent. Like when Connor was working with Elite Esports, like he called Plague, he called out Gage, he called out uh, uh, Tahi. Like there's so many players, like you know, like I said, sleepers in the scene that now you're you're watching them show up to FNCSs, pair up with big names, continue to make headlines, and just be that good. So there's also just that other kind of, I guess, unspoken perspective of like some dudes just have a have an eye for catching the talent and uh you know i mean just talk about connor connor's first teammate was actually bucky he thought bucky was crazy good and this is long before uh bucky blew up and the only reason he stopped playing with bucky was because world cup had he thought world cup was going to have different rules and then they changed it you know young players can play and 13 year old was the minimal limit but back then bucky was 15 and connor connor was like nah i need an older teammate because i need to be able to play the world cup the qualifiers etc um, but who knows where Connor and Bucky could have gone because they were like Man. the best of homies and, and they were, dude, Connor is like, I always called him the worst of the best players. Like he could make finals. He would never do good in finals, but he was so <laughs> good because he could get there. Um, there's always the worst of the best. And eventually if they can stick it out, you know, they get up to the best of the best. But, you know, someone's got to come 100th essentially in the in FNCS finals regardless of what. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Connor always like working with him at Elite. There was always one player. He's like, I like this guy. And you didn't really know exactly why he liked this guy, but he just had this sense about him. Like, this guy is going to be something. And just he just continued worked. to be right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it was pretty, pretty insane. One of the, the biggest ones is Pledge. He was a big, big proponent of Pledge. They went on to go third in FNCS with Teo and Tabs. And yep. you're like, all right, got to tip your hat. Well done, sir. <laughs> I, I called out Teo Tab Day. I've had a, I've had a few good picks too. Uh, I called Miro as soon as I saw him in, in early FNCS. I did his first interview. Um, people thought I was crazy because he was like, he wasn't like very smart game sense, but I saw the way he fought. I was like, yo, this guy just wins and he wins so fast. I was like, this is the difference between him and some of the other controller players essentially. And look at what Miro turned out to continue to you know achieve. So yeah, there's 
definitely sometimes people just tell like dude this this kid's got a spark and that's really cool just to watch that but there's probably a whole documentary out there that can tell why why some people are exceptional and others aren't <laughs> we'll fill that out um let, let's continue to move on though dude playstation cub what the heck happened here i don't know how this became a trend guys but essentially massive amounts of bands coming in huge waves of of essentially players getting banned for either intentionally or unintentionally teaming but jumping in vehicles riding around with others and just all kinds of shenanigans and somehow it kind of like just caught wind that all the lobbies players were doing i don't understand what exactly caused this but it definitely began happening so i think it really well it's it was no build so you had a bunch of people that wanted to play the regular competitive game and then like a week before it turned to no build so whatever practice you had thrown out the window and then you have to make these rotates and vehicles are the safest way to do it. So everyone's like, all right, let me hop in a car. And then no one shot at one another. It was kind of one of those like weird, all right, are we going to do this kind of thing? And everyone just like standoffish and no one wound up shooting one another. And then that happened one game. It continued into the next, it continued into the next and it got progressively worse as the tournament and the day went on <laughs> yeah. for the different regions. And now we're seeing, I mean, players were getting two week bans, which, leads to no no fncs this season so anyone that teamed in a playstation cup where i think first place in na east was a thousand bucks now you can't even compete in fncs so don't like I, I don't know it doesn't make sense to me why you would even push those boundaries and there's also blatant teaming like besides the people sitting in cars there's also people blatantly teaming fighting one player versus two a couple of different clips i saw on twitter which is absolutely ridiculous. Hopefully those guys get even more of a ban. But nonetheless, Panda, I mean, you saw the same things we did. That was an interesting cup, to say the least. Well, and the one thing I want to talk about, right, is, is um, for example, Zypha, a pro player we've known in the space. His teammate was in a car with somebody. Uh, it was not like an intentional teaming situation, and he fell victim to a teaming ban as well, which means there's no FNCS for, for both Zypha and him. So there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on. You, when you're playing in these cups, um, as much fun as you think in the moment it might be to team, it is a competitive event. There is money on the line, and the last thing you want to do is affect the way the rest of your season goes. Don't take those risks. Was now, was Zypha banned or was it just his duo? No, no, no. It wasn't. So Zypha didn't. I don't think played in it. Um, I just saw on Twitter that his duo got mixed up in it i'm, and then I'm, I think I'm only asking post and stuff too i'm only asking because he actually dm me this morning i and i skimmed through it but i thought it was him and his duo that got banned but now reading it again his duo got banned he thinks he thinks his duo was mass reported essentially so yeah that definitely kicks him out of the next fncs and he was just asking me like is there anything you could do i was like bro there is i'm so far out of being in a position to help you like when you get banned <laughs> that is like levels above the system and that's like automation at play like you you must have done something that flagged that or you must have done it so blatantly over and over that someone went in watched a replay and you were definitely reported right like or the teammate so i try to explain that to him um but yeah to your point if the system picks you up you are in that car for a long time or next to that player for a long time 
and not shooting them and it's either a pattern or you did it very very aggressively too much essentially in the same game so you get flagged you get banned yeah look i mean realistically if you're cheating teaming etc it's the same thing you're gonna get banned don't let it affect your competitive career especially if you have the ability to play in fncs qualify in fncs and do well because even if you walked away in top spot like sbg said it's literally a playstation cup that you win like a thousand dollars right whereas fncs is seventy five thousand dollars for first place like there's there's a bit of a difference yeah if you're gonna cheat you know at least do it for the big bucks like <laughs> okay wait a minute <laughs> if, you, if you're gonna rob a bank guys go for all the money don't rob the the convenience store now that's what i'm trying to say here guys but uh no seriously it's it's yeah it's, it's bad all around just be smart but yeah if, if you got banned essentially via automation or report you, you had to have been doing it very very much um clearly and and that was that was why you got kicked yeah. out so nothing anyone can do uh sit your two week out take a vacation from the next uh, fncs unfortunately and we'll see you next time <laughs> that's how that's how this is gonna uh, basically work out um let, let's talk about more activations more tournaments besides the playstation cup we have a very cool announcement uh, as you guys know our team had the pleasure of supporting ludwig and his ludwig mondays ludwig basically one of the biggest twitch creators who was then acquired and signed an exclusive deal to stream on youtube multi-million dollar deal also um, a historical creator in the twitch space he did honestly one of the coolest things it was a subathon broke uh, subscriber records gave tons of it to charity he, he just continues to do a lot of great things in the scene as far as like from a creator initiative goes he does tournaments regularly uh, supports you know different competitive ecosystems etc so also short he jumps over to fortnite due to all the hype he loves the game invites all the biggest influencers and and dude over half a million people views show up to watch his stream and all of uh, the top tier competitors us at practice server actually administrated the whole thing behind the scenes just you know easing in all these new fortnite guys and helping them learn how to do creative and things like that he goes on to continue to invest in this and epic notices what he's done epic now has partnered officially with them and it looks like epic is giving him one hundred thousand dollars to create his own tournaments enable and back what it is that he's building with his huge player base and this in my opinion is a big w um epic enabling 490 build this is what we knew was going to happen investments coming to zero build but maybe in a way we didn't see coming right supporting creators like this is really cool yeah i'm a huge fan of ludwig i think his content is not your stereotypical twitch turn on twitch content right he doesn't just sit there and react to things like he does some pretty cool content so to see him be able to partner with epic in such a big way and not only that it is focused for small streamers i think that's the really cool piece of it that a lot of people may have overlooked in that initial announcement is that it is it is focused for the smaller creators to get their shot their fair shake here and make something big happen. So I'm super excited to see how that plays out. The, the Again, real question is, who determines small creator? What is small creator? Is this going to be... Less than 1,000 average viewers, which it's not necessarily small, but yeah. that probably accounts for like 99% of the Fortnite community. My, my point being, though, is 
how is this going to work? Are these going to be week-to-week invite-onlys? Are these going to... Like, is he going to collect IDs, turn them over, have an in-game feature, right? There's so many ways this can play out. I want to know to what extent is Epic enabling this and supporting it outside of just, obviously, prizing. Uh, to what extent is... How is this going to play out, right? Like, like how are we going to pick the players to who are going to gain these opportunities? It's going to be, like, obviously not like Fortnite Friday style in the sense that Keemstar just literally chose the most clouded. He didn't care what, what you did. Uh, he he outright just wanted clout, 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 big viewership. This is kind of the opposite here, Taylor, for small creators. But how do we get to those small creators? Um, I think it's, a, it's something I want to know because, I mean, we all know people that would probably use this chance, right? especially pro players um, that aren't necessarily massive by any means, but want to compete, etc. So this is a, this is a huge platform that Ludwig has. And more importantly, the cash is there. So this is going to happen. Yeah. And the other, the other note to that, you mentioned about pro players. He actually said in the post, no pros too. Mm. So this is going to be like strictly for the content creator, which is, it's an interesting take. Obviously, it makes a lot of sense why, right? Like we saw with Twitch Rivals, when you have teams that are stacked with very, very talented players, it it switches up pretty quickly. It, it, so I can see why, but uh, it'll be interesting regardless to see how it plays out. I think um, the, the stuff that they've done up to this point, obviously working with practice server behind the scenes to bring that to the table, has been fun to watch. It's been enjoyable watching like XUC and bunch of other major streamers hop in and play in these ludwig tournaments on monday have been really cool so i'm excited to see what they can accomplish with it but it's not just ludwig we we i i, I don't know if epic supported this one but another big zero build tournament has taken place um with another big creator and it looks like it's loser fruit i mean on uh, something special i was gonna say loser fruit is one of the icons in the game it yeah. For her to have this announcement and looking at the graphics, looking at the the art, right? Like I think stylistically, to me, it falls in line with, um, yeah, Fortnite and Epic personally. Um, yeah. And and I don't I don't know, right? I don't know if she looked at this and and she invested, but I think because the the way this all happened, this is nine hours ago. She puts out the post announcing the twenty five thousand dollar Casual Cup, a zero bill tournament with content creators only, no pros. Same, similar kind of narrative. Mm. Um, different verbiage, of course. You didn't necessarily say we're partnered with uh, Epic or anything like that. Um, it could be, though, that this is her own kind of self-initiative, uh, but I could still see Epic putting up the money. And the reason I say that is because, you know, hosted by myself and management, like she tagged kind of her agency. So I'm thinking the agency probably sparked up a conversation here, got some money in, and this is how they all kind of benefit from this. Um, and I think that the reason they go 25,000 is because this allows you to run it on your own as within a community guidelines. There's a lot of reasoning here for this. So I don't see any of these creative tournaments being over 25,000. That's actually the cap end that you can enable an event without Epic actually giving you uh, approval or shutting down your event. So notice Dolidwig said 100K in prizing. He can do what he will with that. 10 tournaments, maybe 520Ks or 425s. So there are some rules here. And looking at the numbers, it all screams to me, yeah, Epic is probably supporting these. Nice. And the other interesting thing is I feel like a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, we were talking about like there's no events going on. And then now we have Twitch Rivals, we have the Women of the Arena, we got these Ludwig tournaments, we got the Loser Fruit tournaments. Bring them, um, bring them. 
there's just more and more events. I, I think E-Fuse put on another event. We got collegiate cups happening with E-Fuse. And all of a sudden it went from, okay, what's going to be happening to, okay, there's like an event every single day for the next three years. So it's awesome to see because, you know, just like a couple of weeks ago, we were getting a little skittish. Hey, but this is in zero build. It, this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Zero build has brought in the activity. Zero builds brought in the attention and things turned online real fast. As fast as, you know, the, the game mode essentially hit us by storm. So I feel like it's almost a saving grace to the space because had this not been a hit, we would not be seeing no competitive this or that cast going to influencers and streamers because we literally one wouldn't have any and two most of our pros are pretty toxic they don't they're not really brand <laughs> friendly to promote these things anyway so we really wouldn't have any ambassadors that they can give cash to um you know proudly right as their brand and alongside them so um a lot of a perfect storm i think kind of hitting at once yeah, no doubt. I, I definitely would agree with you. Um, the tweets typically after third party or during third party events are not super friendly from the competitive side. So having these creators would be a huge bonus. And you got to expect Ludwig will support his own tournaments and then all his friends will go ahead and then also support it. So the creators will get a huge, the smaller creators he invites will get a huge boost big recognition, and then whoever he partners with, if he even winds up partnering with anyone or sponsoring this, will also get a big benefit from it, bigger than anything we've seen probably from from my regular competitive events in the recent history. Yeah, I think there's a lot uh, that could take place. I think it's a bright future to look forward to. And, and one thing I, I want to know, right? We've talked about a lot of positive things that have been happening recently. But one of the more positive things that has gone under the radar, and this is, I'll just bring this up quickly. Sony and, and Kerr K by E, KB, KBI, I don't know exactly. I'm, I believe in you. But you're in that. <laughs> Invest $1 billion each into Epic Games to build the future of digital entertainment and advance the company's vision to build the metaverse and support and its continued growth. I know we were talking about a lot of other things that are like W's happening with Fortnite had to give this W to Epic here because $1 billion each in funding to create a true metaverse. This is the most funding we've seen anybody get across platforms and to have the support of Sony, it's going to be massive. Not not to mention, I think Epic, the valuation of the company was around 4.7 billion or something last, the last number, like we saw almost specifically, this is 2 billion added to what was already many, many multi-billions. Uh, but also that's like a 33% or like a you know 20 something percent buff to them which is incredible when we're talking about the size of the company so this is you think magnitude and how much resource this is it is so much resource um already we've seen the development of Unreal Engine 5 and all the cool not only like games and and other publishers jumping on it but like what Fortnite's been able to build on top of their Unreal Engine um, success after success, these resources are going to amplify and solidify the, I guess, the vision that Epic has. Um, but more importantly, the closer they tie into companies like Sony, we gain access to those rights of those characters, right? And that's where the metaverse really starts to kick in. So it's pretty clear we're going to see, yeah, all the 
Metal Gear Solid, Snake, and whomever other exclusive titles we've seen in the past. You know, just the IP library probably continue to flood open if it hasn't already been signed. Um, and I think that translates over into Disney. And dude, I don't know how the conglomerate works, but you know, there there's a, all types of uh, side branches here and relationships at play. And we've seen it with Marvel, how many IPs and, and people jumping in. So it's going to get crazy. I think Sony has music as well, right? Sony Music and, and all their artists mm -hmm. they have signed. And dude, for all we know, Ariana Grande was a part of that big Sony deal too. And she's part of this conglomerate and somehow, you know what I mean? <laughs> and there's tons of other artists to come. Like that's how deep, you know, the, the pockets run and the power runs at the top. And yeah, this, this partnership, massive. We haven't gotten a concert in a while. I feel like it's been we're due for a new concert in Fortnite too. So they know it. That they know yeah, it. You bring up a good point. Well, a little side leak that came out a few weeks back. The, uh, Juice World's manager leaked that he was meeting with Epic Games about something. So we haven't really heard anything else about it. And, and obviously, he probably wasn't supposed to say anything about it. But that's a good sign that we could see. At, le at the bare minimum, cosmetics and outfits and stuff in the game that is uh, Juice World related. But I think it would be a huge, huge draw to do a concert similar to Travis Scott. I can, I can tell you it will because we run a TikTok channel, a practice server TikTok channel, where you just post community clips and stuff like that. When that leak came out, we posted like the Juice World leak or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And... That TikTok had like a lot of views, is what I'm trying to say. So it's pretty clear, and we all know TikTok audience is young, etc. So it's Fortnite yeah. scene. Yeah, it 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 relates. It correlated. It hit the algorithm. People watched it. They were interested, and that was just like a small sample test of, I guess, what the numbers will be and how how much interest it will drive to the game. But yeah, I'm with you all the way. I think it will for sure hit. And if it's Juice World, you know, guys, if you don't know who he is, uh a rap legend essentially that passed away too young due to um a number of his own different uh you know just call it illnesses and and things like that so you know passed too soon but his music lives on almost you know pretty much forever at this point uh ch check out the check out the music i'm sure you'd be like one of those people that like dang i wish i listened to him while he was alive like he, he was really that good and um yeah it, it, it's just i feel like he moved the music culture like big time and yeah, I want to see what happens. I think I think there is a world where we see him come to the game. And uh, and one other, I'm excited for that. Go ahead, Panda, because I was going to oh, change the tone. I was about to say, that's all I want to say about it is uh, I'm a huge Juice World fan, so his music, e e even before he passed, was was really unique, and, and it told a story of someone who was just struggling. And obviously, it, it that story was told until the very end. But regardless... I'm going to hand it over to somebody's gun now because I'm just excited for the idea of Juice World that's going to be there. All right. Hey, changing the tone real quick before we wrap up, two little pieces of news that came through while we were on the podcast. We had Destroying join FaZe Clan. If you guys don't know who Destroying is, he's a big YouTuber that produces pretty much like sports and different kind of sports challenge content. If you haven't seen it, he does some really cool stuff. Also a gamer. And then the other piece of news is uh, Hiko will, retires from competitive play on Valorant. So both of those pretty significant news. Just wanted to share those. I just want to say headliners. I just want to say I'm sorry to the community that loved Hiko competing. It's my fault. I killed him in Twitch Rivals. 
Um, <laughs> I took him out, and he immediately was like, what? I died to a caster. I can't play shooters anymore. So I'm so sorry to the community for doing that. I, it was not my intent. Um, I, I deeply regret my decision, yada, yada, so on. Man, Panda put the man into retirement after his 14-year <laughs> stretch in comp. Too much. Uh, yeah, no, I, I saw that tweet 44 minutes ago, but it was just like a special message. Obviously, I wasn't playing it because we're recording, but I was like, oh, cool, yeah, special message. This is Hiko News. It's him retiring. What the heck? That's crazy. That, yeah, that's going to come as a big blow to the comp scene. Hiko's an OG, but, you know, it, I guess it's that time, right? Like, some of these guys have really been doing this, like Hiko, for 14 years. Some of the legends. Um, There was another one, a League of Legends. Oh, man, that, that League of Legends story that recently happened that, I forgot who it is, but they're pretty much boycotting League of Legends and, and queuing up into solo queues because they have people inting, which is basically uh, tossing their competitive matches so that uh, they lose. But the whole whole thing happening in, in League of Legends as well, pretty big, uh, pretty big headline over there. What's interesting about that is this uh, professional player is so big that Riot took immediate notice to it uh, because, dude, Riot's just crazy like that. Like when it comes down to their competitive integrity, don't mess around. Like and we're we're watching yeah. that play out. So I'll keep you guys up to date as far as how that develops. But yeah, really interesting things happen over there, and we'll probably see a, a drastic and maybe harsh decision making coming out of uh, Riot soon about um, their competitive play, just like their regular game. Uh, and I, I bring that up to say that we don't have that at all in arena. So. It's just very, very different atmospheres happening. So I do want to see what the extreme looks like because Riot is very much the extreme in this, um, this situation. But anyways, let's uh, let's wrap things up, man. A little fifty-five minute banger of an episode today. Uh, we'll we'll start with you, Panda, as as per usual. Let the people at home know where they can find you throughout the week and stuff, man. Yeah, um, uh, Twitter, Life W Panda. Uh, <laughs> my return to content will happen eventually. Um, it, crazy story. I probably should have told it on the podcast, but I'll save it when I'm officially back. Gun and I have a, a bit of a story about that. But regardless, content is coming soon. Before the end of April, I'll be back fully, fully in swing, starting with uh, some special content coming out early next week after this weekend. That's all I'm saying. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, guys. At this point, I'm just I'm willing to bet the something happened and and something broke and another delay. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> SMG, take, take the floor, brother. Uh, great pod, boys. Um, somebody's gone on all platforms, Twitter, YouTube. Those, those are the big ones. I stream occasionally. I'm not very good at video games. But you can hang out with me and watch. It's fun. Or maybe not. I don't know. You decide. You guys decide. You can also uh, send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, it's your boy, Monster D Face, clocking out for today. Uh, I've decided I'm going to be streaming more on twitch but it's not gonna be fortnite i really haven't played fortnite in like two years it's world of warcraft and gta no pixel i gotta prove to the server so that's gonna be insane if y'all have ever been a part of any of my rp streams from back in the day you know uh it's a vibe it's really funny as well i'm, I'm a low-key comedic i think a, a comedian sometimes so it's gonna be some good content check me out throughout the week guys but uh yeah i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and uh until next time don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory else. Peace, y'all.